You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 203 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Friday, October 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well. At Locked On Raptors, you can find links to every single episode. Locked On Raptors, of course, is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please go to the Locked On NBA channel, find the shows that you like, find the news that you want to hear about, and listen to the local angle with all the great hosts that we have. Uh, you can listen to the Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd as well and Locked On NBA. Uh, I think the first of the Locked On NBA conference previews came out today. Uh, they're covering each of the four, each of the two conferences in four different parts. Uh, so I think the first half of the Eastern Conference, it goes alphabetically, was up today. I'm going to be up uh, on the 9th, I think, for my uh, part of the Eastern Conference. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, you find Locked on Raptors on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a review. You know the spiel by now. Please do it. It takes no time at all. It really helps us out. Uh, and let's get to this thing. On today's show, I'm joined by Sahal Abdi. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm a little tired, but I'm good. I'm, ex- I'm excited to get this start. In my experience, being tired breeds uh, more interesting podcasts. So uh, <laughs> this is good news. Um, so today we're answering preseason question number 10. Uh, or no, I think it's 11 now. I'm losing track. I think we're on, uh, Yeah, it's 11. Uh, preseason question number 11. Uh, how are the East standings going to shake out? It's pretty simple. We've gone through. We've made a list of... Uh, the, what we think the standings are going to be at the end. We're not doing over-unders or anything like that because that's so tired at this point with NBA podcasts. But uh, we're just going to try to predict and we're going to put ourselves out there and make ourselves look dumb probably at the end of the season. Um, so, Holly, you ready to do this thing? 100%, man. I'm ready to look like an idiot. <laughs> Uh, first of all, though, I want to get to our sponsor before we get into it. And you're not an idiot if you use our sponsors. Our sponsor, of course, is SeatGeek. Uh, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for the game or show that you want to go to when none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and they've created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone and I'm going to use it a lot this year. Uh, I mean, I don't really go to Raptors games as a fan anymore, but if I was going to, I would definitely use SeatGeek. If you want to go to Maple Leafs games, if you want to go to TFC, TFC's really picking up. Their their playoffs are are getting pretty close and they just clinched the supporter shield. If you want to go to anything in Toronto uh, at this busy sports time, make sure you use SeatGeek to find your tickets. It's a great place to find good deals. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. They do all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensure the, ensuring that you get the best possible possible deal. And SeatGeek does all the work, saving you time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck too. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, listeners to this show get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you got to do to get that rebate is download the SeatGeek app Enter the promo code LONBA into the settings into the settings tab. That's LONBA, all one word, as in locked on NBA. Enter that promo code, and SeatGeek will send you twenty bucks after you after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA today. And apologies to SeatGeek for my inability to say English. Um, let's uh, let's. Let's get into this, Sahal. Uh, let's. Uh, so yeah, I asked you for your list. We both have our list together here, uh, and I guess we're gonna go from the bottom up. And we have agreement. Uh, both 14 and 15 in the Eastern Conference. 14th, you have the Hawks. 15th, you have the Bulls. I have the exact same thing. Um, I, I was really tempted to put the Hawks 15th. The Hawks roster, I think, is worse than the Bulls. 
It's like it's oh, truly ghastly. The only reason I, I have them. Funny, Sean, I was um, I was coming up with this fifteen, and I swear to you, I was looking <laughs> at the Hawks and Bulls roster. <laughs> it's not this good. like this is this is truly like one of the worst rosters I've ever seen. The Brooklyn Nets roster a couple of years ago, I think they had like. What, 16, 17 wins on the season? Yeah, but they at least I'm had Brook Lopez. Team. Oh my goodness. Like, this is this is bad, man. Yeah. Zach Bean, I, I, I don't know if I feel sorry for you or, or <laughs> what, but go ahead and average 25 meaningless points, man. Yeah, I mean, Robin Lopez is probably the Bulls' best player. I would say Dennis Schroeder, noted bad person Dennis Schroeder, is the Hawks' best player. Like... It's bad. The only reason I give the Hawks the edge, like I think these are the two worst rosters by a pretty significant margin. Like the Nets are not good either. We'll get to them in a second, but they have like some some NBA players and some upside. Like I don't see a ton of upside here unless like Torian Prince and John Collins become like just monster defenders at the three and four spots. I mean, John Collins was never much of a defender in college anyway, um, but he could be like a nice dunking fun guy, I suppose. That guy yeah. could rebound really well, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So that's like some promise, I suppose. Um, I think the Bulls have more talent on their roster, I guess I would say. Like, Zach Levine is pretty decent. Paul Zipser, I mean, he's Paul Zipser, but he had a couple games against the Raptors last year, of course, because he's on the Bulls that were pretty nice. And like, Oh, of course, yeah. I kind of like Larry Markkinen. Like, he's, I don't think he's, I don't think it's fair to just kind of sort of typecast him as being like a, a, a bust in the first, as a top 10 pick. But, um, yeah, this is not good. The Bulls, I just think, you know, I, I would I would take Budenholzer over Fred Hoiberg pretty much any day. So, oh, any day of the year, any yeah. day of the century. Yeah. Hoiberg to me is the worst coach in the league. Ooh, that's, uh, I haven't really thought about that. I don't think there's that many bad coaches. So, like I think they're all just kind of fine. So that that might be. Now you now you got me thinking. We'll come across a bad coach or two up yeah. here in the Eastern Conference. Nate McMillan, we're coming for you. Um, but yeah, so we I think it's pretty much Bulls fifteen, Hawks fourteen. We both agreed on those. We don't need to st- stay too long on those those teams. Any sort of like, is there any way that either of these teams move up in the standings to you? Um. I think both teams have kind of accepted that they're going to be one of the worst teams in their conference, um, if not the worst. So I don't really see a point um, to them making any sort of midseason trade or anything that would kind of make them better or or rush kind of the process. They both know they're trash. Um, It's going to be a pretty long process, at least probably two years for each team to actually get somewhere meaningful. Um, one thing I do want to say about the Bulls is that uh, I'm I'm excited for. I'm sorry if I butcher his name, Laurie Markkinen. Yeah. I'm really excited for him just because he's playing with very very little pressure. Yeah. Uh, compared to Kristaps Porzingis, who we all knew when he got drafted, it was going to be a pretty mediocre Knicks team, and a lot of people thought he'd be a bust, or at least a lot of the casual fans thought he'd be a bust, and he came in with a lot of pressure, and he destroyed basically all expectations so i'm excited for mark and he's playing with no pressure at all duke can shoot too so that's uh he really can yeah that's nice um okay what is the worst position group between the bulls point guards chris dunn jaron grant campaign or the hawks centers dwayne deadman miles Plumley, mike muscala <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness i mean I mean, half of those guys aren't even NBA players, so... No, there's like two NBA players out of that, maybe. Oh, 
Dwayne Dedman is, is like he's probably the best player you named in, in that whole bunch, but that's just saying a lot. Campaign, I don't know how he's still in the NBA. I'm assuming he's just a really, really good cheerleader for his teammates still. I don't know what he's still doing there. Chris Dunn, I think, is a complete bust. I, saw, I don't know if you saw the highlight mix or was like a low light mix, if anything, where the Bulls just missed how many open layups in a row within one possession. It was really bad. The Bulls are going to be really bad. And I'm actually pretty excited because I haven't seen them, like, bad in a long time. So. Yeah, like since, like, post-Jordan, they, when they were just truly, truly awful. I guess they had that really awful year where they got Derrick Rose, but they were, like, the eighth worst team that year, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, wasn't even that bad. Yeah, the Bulls, they're they are they are bad. So, yeah, they're 15th. Hawks, 14th in our minds. Uh, moving on up to the illustrious 13th seed. You have the Knicks, uh, and I have the Nets there. Um, and then we both uh, – sorry, I have the Knicks 12th, and you have the Nets 12th. So not too much differentiation there either. Like, would you say these are comfortably the four worst teams in the East? Like, is there a separation, do you think, after – because uh, I, I don't know, I almost would bump the Knicks up ahead of the Nets a little bit. I think the Nets are kind of on their own or closer to the Hawks than they are to the Knicks. But uh, obviously, you had the the Nets higher. Um, yeah, I think the Nets made some pretty good acquisitions that took them from being one of the worst teams in the league to still no, I still say they're probably one of the worst teams in the league. But you got guys like Damari Carroll, like guys who have won before. So that's the only reason I'm just hovering them barely above the Knicks. It's not something that's set in stone for me. This is just honestly what I think it might be one win it might be two um, but I think the Nets added enough winners and um, competent players this offseason where they'll just edge out the Knicks yeah I, did, I think Chris Stapps is really good that's kind of where my Knicks optimism comes from I think Hernan Gomez is good and I think Ennis Cantor is pretty nice so like I mean as a bench player he's not that he's no great shakes but like I think that's like a good front court I think Lance Thomas is like underrated good I think we've talked about yeah, it and it's on here before. Um, and, like, I like Courtney Lee. Their point guard spot's not great unless uh, Frankie Smokes can be good. But, um, yeah, I think it's just the star power of Chris Stapps that I put over Brooklyn. And, like, uh, everyone's like, oh, they got Damari Carroll now. He's like this veteran guy. Like, no, Damari Carroll's been ass for two years. Like, yeah, Demari what are we Carroll's expecting from him? And also... I don't even know why I mentioned him like that. <laughs> He's and currently. Demarcus, if you're listening to this, bro, give the thirty million you, you stole from the Raptors back. <laughs> there should be a warrant out for your arrest. That is, that is something I won't forget. Now we got a better, um, a better Demari Carroll and CJ Miles. He actually plays defense and hits shots. But um, <laughs> we'll get to the Raptors later, I guess. But I don't even know why I mentioned Demari Carroll. They got Ellen Crabb as well, though. No. Yeah, but like everyone kind of crapped on that deal when it happened. Because, yeah. I mean, it was just like a, a year delay after they tried to go after him with the offer sheet. And then the, the Blazers were like, oh, wait, this was a bad idea. Have him, please. I, I mean, they got D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb. Um, Timo Mozgov, baby. Oh, they got Mozgov. Yeah. Their, their depth chart currently has Damari Carroll as the power forward, which uh, that'll go well. Yeah, that'll, he'll hold up <laughs> over luck. the course of a season like that. <laughs> Guys... <laughs> My other thing, too, like, I love Karis LeVert. I think he's going to be good, but I don't think he's going to start yeah. because they have to start Crab because they're paying him, whatever, $17 million bucks a year. And then they're going to start Russell and Lynn. And Russell and Lynn could be the worst defensive backcourt in the league. So, uh-huh. I don't know. Like, they're going to jack up a bunch of threes and stuff, but when Alan Crab is your third best player, I'm not really sold on your team. So, I think they're worse than the Knicks. Um, but... We kind of are having them in the same ballpark anyway. Now we're moving into the real cream of the crop. Uh, the, the, the 11th seed Indiana Pacers, which we both have, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. I got the Pacers 11th. Uh, I've been like talking on Twitter today with somebody, and they think the Pacers might be a playoff team. And their point is not bad. The point that uh, I think it was RapsFan1257, a uh, f- frequent Twitter uh, participant in the show. Um, yeah. His point was that there's just like eight real NBA players on the Pacers. And in the Eastern Conference, that's like pretty good, which is sad, but. <laughs> It's kind of true. Eight guys that can breathe. Yeah, like Miles Turner, I think is like Chris Stapp's light almost. I mean, we'll see what he can do as like the best player on a team. Oladipo, I feel like has been kind of chastised unfairly because he was like supposed to be the right hand man to Russell, and he never, never really could do it last year. And like the Magic have been a disaster. We'll get to the Magic. I have a hot take about the Magic, but um, yeah, there's just like decent dudes on the team, like yeah, Dad Young. Collison, Corey Joseph, you have some NBA players. Like, yeah. They're guys that are... You know what's funny about the Pacers roster? The majority of their players would probably be six six men on, on most teams, mm. but that in and of itself is good enough to be a competent Eastern Conference team. God, it's so sad. And like, which, Yeah, which is really sad. They've got player coach Damian Wilkins kicking around. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Guy you signed in like NBA Live 05 off the free agent wire when you needed to fill something out after you made our two-for-one trade. Uh, <laughs> NBA Live 05, the memories. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Peak NBA Live right there. Yeah, I think the Pacers, like, while the point is taken that they have NBA players, I just don't think they're all that good. And, like, the point guard spot is not great. Like, Corey Joseph, I love Corey Joseph. I'll forever love Corey Joseph. He should probably be the starter over Collison there. I don't think he will be, but I think he's a, a, the better player than Collison in, in terms of, like, a two-way guy. Um, yeah. But, like, I, I, yeah, they're, just, they're very, very uninspiring and very sad after losing Paul George and C.J. Miles So and Monte Ellis. You could use Monte right now. Um, yeah, Thaddeus Young, too, who is a Raptors target for God knows how long. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that that's probably – I mean, that could – I guess service back up again this season. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I hope not, because the uh, the Thad Young love was a little intense for me. But so yeah, Pacers eleventh. That's pretty much all I have to say, because the Pacers are boring and whatever. Like I think last season they were like seventeenth in offense, seventeenth in defense, and like seventeenth in, in, in overall efficiency. Like they're just so whatever, and they're, they're gonna so be whatever. Yeah, one year. thing I do want to say before we move on from the Pacers yeah. is that their jerseys. Are one of the league's best. Oh, they're so good. I saw, I see, yeah, I saw Oladipo wearing their jersey um, in one of their preseason games. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And holy goodness! I th- <laughs> Again, I don't know if I could cuss on this. But... I don't even know if you can either. I don't. I've never been told the rules by the bosses, so yeah. I, I don't know. I do it once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> they got some crazy jerseys. Yeah, they're, no, they're really, really good. And uh, I think Oladipo is going to be kind of good there. You mentioned him in the jersey. I think he's going to be all right. Back at home yeah. in Indiana. I guess he's not from Indiana, but he played there. I don't know. The Pacers are so boring. Anyway, let's move on to a less boring team. Uh, tenth place, I have the Charlotte Hornets. And you have the Orlando Magic. So this is our first big disagreement. Because I have the Magic a little bit higher. We'll get to the Magic in a second. Uh, the Hornets, though, I guess the big news is that Nick Batum today... He's uh, he's going to miss six to eight weeks. There were reports that it was going to be the whole season, but thankfully it's going to only be six to eight weeks. But still, I think that could be a really big hit to the Hornets early early in the season because they're not that deep. Like, they're not that, uh, like, who's behind Nick Batum? Like, Malik Monk. They're really going to be relying on Malik Monk to do stuff early because then it's Jeremy Lamb and Dwayne Bacon, who's a second-round pick, behind him yeah. in the two-guard spot. And then Michael K. Gilchrist can't shoot. 
Um, and so their backcourt is like very thin without without Batum. And maybe Monk's yeah. amazing as a rookie, but I don't really know. I'm not gonna like pencil that in by any means. And then like I have them tenth because I just think people hate being around Dwight Howard and like all the uh-huh. Lee Jenkins profiles in the world aren't gonna change that. I just I mean last night Dwight went coast to coast and dunked and that was fun, but like are we expecting to see that ever again? <laughs> like I'm not. And One co- thing about uh, yeah. Dwight, um, I feel like his expectations are so low. And he's he's been um, like he he's been kind of the laughing stock for some time. Believe it or not, I honestly think he's gonna fit okay. I think he's gonna fit okay on the Hornets. Um, I think they're gonna need him because Kemba can only shoulder so much of the load. Mm. Um, and then they also have guys like Cody Zeller and uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist who aren't scorers, right? And Batum is a good fifteen point guy you can rely on every single game, if not more. So he's also um, their backup point guard, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, he's a he's a good playmaker as well. He's Batum does all the little like he does all the little things, and and it's they're gonna miss him badly. Monk's not gonna bring the kind of defense that Batum can bring every night. Mm-hmm. Um, so other guys are gonna have to bring it. So we'll we'll see with the Hornets. Yeah, I I don't know if the Dwight thing starting is gonna be all that good for them because Cody Zeller was like legit important for them last season. Um, I think they were like three and seventeen when he was out of the lineup last season, or four and seventeen, and he had the best net rating in terms of on court uh, last season. He was one hundred and eight point four offensive rating, one hundred two point nine defensive, a plus five point four when he was on the court, and when he was off, uh, it, they were minus three point six. The Hornets were so, like, wow. yeah, that that's a pretty big disparity. Obviously, they were much worse when Kemba was off the floor, but uh, like. Cody Zeller was the second the second guy there in terms of the team's worst net rating when they were on the bench. So um, I, I don't know if moving him out of the starting five is going to be all that like useful for winning aside from like keeping Dwight sort of happy. But um, I don't know. I, I think the platoon thing is really going to put them behind the eight ball and like they're going to be digging out of a hole. I think for like Did the last. Do they have him year. locked in as like the backup five? Or, or I don't know how they've been uh, deploying their roster. So far in preseason, but is Marvin Williams the four? Oh yeah, Marvin Williams the four, uh, and I would assume Frank Kaminsky's like the fourth big, will kind of I guess spot in at center and power forward. I yeah. would suppose, and then uh, I don't know. It's they're not a very versatile team. They're kind of stuck with their bigs. I mean, Marvin Williams is a power forward at this point. He's not really a three. Kid Gilchrist doesn't have enough shooting. I don't think to really be all that important as a stretch four. And then, like, they don't have much in the way... Like, they have Batum and Walker who can both kind of handle the ball. But in terms of, like, combo guards, that's kind of it. So, I don't know. They, like, Steve Clifford's a really good coach. And he's one of my favorite coaches in the league when he comes through town to just talk to. And then, like, be in his scrum. Because he's really endearing and he's really fun to talk to. But, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just don't really... Without Batum for eight weeks, that is rough. And then, like... Digging out of that hole, maybe Dwight's unhappy in the first because they're losing. I don't know. I, I, the Dwight thing really scares me. That and like when you heard like the the Zach Lowe podcast with Kevin Arnovitz when they were talking about how like Dennis Schroeder came out as like the good guy between him and Dwight Howard in that locker room locker room yeah. last year. Like that is it's kind of troubling to me. So I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not as up on the Hornets as I. I, mean, I probably would have had them as like an eight seed if it weren't for the Batum thing. But I think it's probably gonna cost them enough wins that they fall out. I had them as the seventh seed before the Butchum injury. I just want to point that out. After, I just don't think that they'll be able to recover. Right. Um, so tenth, you had the Orlando Magic, and 
Uh, I'm going to save the magic for a sec because you had the Hornets 9 out of the playoffs, pretty close to me. Eighth, the Pistons. Um, and let's move up to the 8th seed because for me, the 8th seed, I have the Orlando Magic. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. I think I picked the I Magic to make it a couple years ago and it was stupid. What are, you, what are you doing, Sean? What are you doing? Here's my argument for the Magic. It's very similar to the argument for the Pacers. They have NBA players up and down the roster. Like, Evan Fournier is pretty decent. Jonathan Simmons, like, not a bad signing. Aaron Gordon, I think they're probably going to try to, like, use him properly this season. Nick Vucevic, like, sneaky? He's not really a three-point shooter yet. He was 30% on, like, an attempt a game last season. But from 16 to to the 16 feet to the three-point three line, he's, like, sneaky stretchy. And I think that's kind of useful. And he's just a, a productive player. He's, like, a I think a more useful version of Jonas Valanciunas at this point. Maybe not as talented, but like I think he has skills that are a little bit more useful in today's NBA. And I don't know, we got Terrence Ross, who's, you know, pretty good. Um, they got... the, way, the way I'm thinking about it, Sean, <laughs> is you have the Orlando Magic. You have a very similar team as last season. Yeah. Um, a very, very similar team. It's what, If you think they're going to take that jump, what player or, or what key aspect is going to make them take that jump because they had a lot of similar players this last season I think it's probably a mix of Alfred Payton getting a little bit better he was pretty good at the end of the season last year yeah, um, I think it's hopefully using Aaron Gordon properly uh, and not having Serge Ibaka on the team to sort of gum up the front court I think it's probably a bit of being able to play Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon together in the front court yeah, it's going to come at the expense of Vucevic, Biombo, and Maurice Spates but I think you do that to sort of beef up the shooting. Um, like a lineup for me of like Isaac, Gordon, Fournier, Ross, and Peyton, or even like if you want to do Jonathan Simmons and kind of have just like a bunch of different, like maybe Fournier is the de facto point guard. Like there's some interesting stuff they can do. Um, I like Jonathan Isaac a lot. I think he's going to be pretty good, and I think he's going to be one of the better defenders in the league at one point. But um, I mean, it's not the best decision I've ever made to pick them making the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make it with, like, 43 wins. I think they'll make it with, like, 36, because the East is yeah. ass. The East is, is, is terrible, and we've went through that so many times, but mm. um, it's not something where I am going to go crazy over the Magic making the playoffs. It's like, regardless, you're facing the Celtics, you're facing the Cavs, you're out probably within four games, so yeah, that's it true. is what it is. Yeah, carrying about the eight seed is the weirdest thing that NBA fans do. It's always the biggest deal every year, but who cares? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the eight seed, uh, you have the Pistons, where I have the Magic. Yeah, I'm gonna so I, Pistons. Yeah. Um, I got the Pistons. I think they. I think Luke Kennard is a really good draft pick. I think he's actually going to be a pretty solid part of their rotation later in the season. He's okay. The type of shooting that they need. Um, a brand new. I guess non-injured Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson had a really bad year last season. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, almost fringe starter status with Ish, Ish Smith. Um, shout out to my guy Duncan Smith. He was one of the only reasons I was mildly following this team. Um, Tobias Harris, I think, is gonna have a pretty good season. Um, close to twenty points a game. He's a good scorer. You can play him at the three. Play him at the four. Um, they still got Drummond, who I think is is a pretty overrated player, but. He's still very good at the things that he does well. Rebounding, for example. Um, what else does he do stop. well? Um, <laughs> I guess... Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'd say he does. He 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 rebounds. Can I say this? He rebounds on the defensive end really well, mm-hmm. and on the offensive end, he rebounds really well. Well, that's uh, quite the diverse skill set for Andre Drummond. <laughs> the farthest I could go, man. Doesn't doesn't shoot well. His post moves are damn near non-existent. Um, but I guess rebounding is something that's pretty good. And I I guess sometimes when he's really <laughs> motivated, he plays really good post defense. But that's when he's motivated. Doesn't happen all the time. Um, Reggie Jackson, I think, is gonna have a bounce back year. Um, big, big, big addition with Avery Bradley. Um, that they can just lock in at their two spot every single night. Um, still one of the more underrated shooting guards in the game. Rebounded. He averaged seven rebounds last year, which is unheard of for a for a two guard. Um, their bench looks pretty solid. Got a, got some shooters off the bench. Um, Ish Smith, who I think is one of the better backup point guards in the league. I think this team's pretty good. Um, and you have that guy. Who's that guy they drafted last season? Henry um, Ellenson? Yeah, Henry Ellenson. I think he was in D-League for most of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to come in and he's going to do okay. I, I think this team's pretty good. Maybe a 7th or 8th seed. Yeah, you have the mate. I I already feel awful about my 7th and 8th seeds because I put the Pistons 7th. And yeah. I don't know why. Because I talked about this last week with you and how much I don't like the Pistons. But the Hornets thing really screwed with my head. Uh, the Batum injury kind of threw everything out of whack for me. And... I really like Avery Bradley. Like, I think Avery Bradley is their best player at this point. Um, yeah, 100%. He is. And, like, maybe Stanley Johnson kind of figures it out. I'm totally regretting The fact that the best praise you could come up for Andre Drummond was, quote, I guess rebounding is something that's pretty good. Um, that's... <laughs> no, that's, that's, the, that's the actual quote, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I just, I, I wrote it down because I'm going to, I don't know, put it on a label, on a Drummond, like, Oh my gosh, know. man! Please just send it to him, DM him, do something. Yeah, I don't know. Drummond needs. Bad. I don't know, man. I don't know. He's what, bad. He's not good at basketball. He's just not that great. Yeah. Oh, that, so that's my. I might move the Pistons down. Uh, okay, I'm moving the. Oh, I'm not moving the Magic up to seven, am I? Uh, oh, please don't. Uh, uh. <laughs> God. Yeah, you're doing it, aren't you? Well, here's my options because we haven't talked about the Sixers yet because I wanted to leave them because you have them seventh. I have them ninth. This seven through 11 range is very dumb. I hate it all. They're all bad teams that I don't like. Um, The Sixers I have out of the playoffs because I don't think Embiid's going to play very much. uh, And I think young players are bad. And I think Fultz and Simmons and and, and Embiid, while they're all very talented, I think it's going to take some time for them to figure out who's going to do what. And I think Simmons' shooting is going to be an issue, especially if you know there are lineups out there where they, like he's trying to go play the four or the play. The, if he's playing the three, sorry, I think there's going to be some issues with shooting. Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's a very clunky roster to me with the Sixers, and that's kind of why I'm not as high on them. I mean, if everything works, if everything works well, yeah, they could be really good, or at least like a playoffish team, like. Fultz, Redick, like Simmons, Sarich, Embiid, Covington, Justin Anderson's even pretty decent. Nick Stauskas uh, yeah. has been decent the last couple of years. Like they have good players. I just I don't know if they all really fit. I'm also like Rashawn Holmes fan number one. So maybe if Embiid is out, Holmes kind of slots in as the backup center and is pretty good. Big player, yeah. He's a he's a really good player off the bench for them. Dude, he's like 
I, wanna, I think he's like shooting like thirty-seven percent from three, two. He blocks a tons of like he's he's. I love Rashawn Holmes. He's everything Patrick Patterson should have been for the Raptors. <laughs> I think he's more of a of a center type, but he is more of a center type. Yeah, but yeah. he he is just an he's he's a he's like an energizer bunny when you put him in put him in and he does almost everything right. Doesn't 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 really do things where you're like what is this guy doing out here yeah um i like rashawn holmes i really like him i wouldn't be surprised if he started some games for them well he's gonna have to because i don't think it beats i mean i beat already said he's not playing 82 games in all likelihood so oh 100 yeah. yeah i think we'll probably see holmes play a lot of center oh no i'm gonna move them into the playoffs aren't i yeah man i'm high on the sixers <laughs> i think ben simmons is gonna have one of the best rookie seasons ever in nba history it's not even that I'm high on the Sixers. Is that I'm just so low on all these other teams that I they're almost just gonna kind of, kind of go in there by default because of the Hornets thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm I'm super high. People think I'm I'm crazy because I'm I'm putting I have Ben Simmons as the Rookie of the Year, which is a pretty consensus pick. But then I also have him as an All Star. I think he's one of the last few All Stars in the East. Yeah, and that's that's ballsy. It is. It is. I just don't think the East is that great. I think the East. We spoke about it on the last podcast how. There was a damn near purge of the conference where all the all-stars left, um, mm. where it's going to come down to guys like Avery Bradley or I don't know who else we named, but it's 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 pretty bad in the East. I think Ben Simmons is going to be so damn good, though. We, you saw his highlights. He looked like a man amongst boys in Summer League a couple mm-hmm. years ago, um, and this year, <laughs> the man's in the NBA, and he just looks way better than everyone else. So I'm so excited to watch Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, I think as long as their lineup is um, Markel Fultz at the point guard, you got JJ Redick as a shooting guard, who's just that off-ball guy who never stops running, um, spreads the floor really well. Um, and then you have at small forward, I put Covington, power forward, you have Ben Simmons, and then center, you have Embiid, you have Saric as probably your sixth man off the bench. I think that's a really, really good six players um, that just need to grow together and kind of just. Um, I think once they grow together, I think everyone, almost everyone can see the Sixers just quietly going up the standings year by year by year. Yeah, uh, so I've changed my standings. Uh, I moved the Pistons from 7 to 11 because, my God, I hate the Pistons. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I just, every time I talk about the Pistons, I just get angry at the Pistons and how much I hate okay. them. I'm um, just going to make sure I know where we are in the podcast just so I can... Kind of tweet Duncan Smith. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I got this. So I put the Sixers at seven, uh, Magic at eight, the Hornets nine, Pacers ten, Pistons eleven. The Pistons are the big losers in this podcast. Um, let's move on up to the sixth seed. Uh, we both have the Miami Heat. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably the, the the easiest one to pencil in. They're not quite in that top tier of teams, but they're competent enough to not be really at jeopardy of missing the playoffs. I don't think. Um, I don't have much to say about the Heat. They're they're fine. They're locked into this very mediocre team for the next few years, and it'll get yeah, them some playoff ticket like the revenue. They but just got good players, but they're just good. They're it's, it's not other than Whiteside, who's like a fringe All Star kind of even in the East right now. He he's just barely gonna get in there if he has a similar season as last year. Um, Dragic, who I still think is a really good player, and then you just have a bunch of good players: James Johnson. Justice Winslow, guys who are just good, and, and they don't really have a lot of great players, which is why I'm I have them at number six in the East. Whiteside's pretty good, and like he's probably going to be in the hunt for an All Star spot between yeah. him and Dragic, I think. 
Yeah, I still just find Whiteside to be such an unenjoyable player to watch play basketball. He's like in the Drummond category with me of guys that just like hate watching. Oh man, yeah. I'm not putting him there. Drummond is in his own category for me, man. Oh, he's so so unwatchable. Yeah, that's true. Like the Drummond zone it's is like, somewhere you maybe don't want to be. It's just because the majority of when we watch Drummond is when he's going up against JV, and <laughs> just JV just pumped. absolutely demoralizes the guy. So. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah, Miami six, they're fine. They're whatever. Kelly Olynyk will be fun. Justice Winslow will be disappointing because he oh. can't shoot. And uh, I think Kelly Olynyk. That's a that's a pretty good pickup. Even though they locked him up for what four years, and it goes forty eight or fifty million. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and whose man's Rodney Magruder will be? Whose man's Rodney Magruder? I don't know. I, they're whatever. <laughs> they're they're fine. They're, they're they got old ass Udonis Haslam to be the Damian Wilkins of their team. Whatever. Adonis Haslam. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Okay, now we're, still doing <laughs> now we're moving up into teams that are actually kind of decent. Um, probably would be like fringy playoff teams out west if we're be uh, maybe like six, fifth or sixth seeds in the west. But um, I have the Milwaukee Bucks fifth. You have the Washington Wizards fifth, uh, and then yeah. you have the Bucks fourth. I have the Wizards fourth. So I guess we could touch on these teams. What about the Bucks puts them ahead of the Wizards in your mind? Um, I think it's consensus. Almost everyone has it. Uh, the Wizards over the Bucks. The Bucks are almost locked in as the fifth seed. I don't know. They're almost. I guess they're clearly better than the Heat, in my opinion. And then that line kind of gets crossed. But I have them. I have them above the Wizards. Um, I think the difference is going to be from last year. I think it's going to be Giannis and Tentacubo literally goes crazy. I think he has an MVP type season. And I think that is what propels them over. And I know they're missing Jabari Parker for the first chunk of the season. But I think when you surround an MVP-type player with a bunch of solid players, Don Maker, Greg Monroe still a solid player. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton. Um, Delevadova off the bench, I guess, for them is a pretty good player. Um, it's just players that do really well in the roles that they're given for Jason Kidd. Um, and I think as long as Antetokounmpo is in that MVP conversation for the duration of the season, I think that's what propels them over the Wizards. Um, it's kind of similar to the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard in the sense that Kawhi was a clear MVP candidate. Um, he didn't really have a star beside him. I guess you could say LaMarcus Aldridge, but he's in that he's in that whatever category. LaMarcus is falling off. He's butt. Yeah, he's falling <laughs> off, so... Um, I think when you have an MVP type player and you surround them with good players, I think you're you're bound to have a very good team, and I think that's what propels them over the Wizards just by a little bit. That's fair. I think the Wizards' starting five is just so damn good. I think Marcus Moore or Markeith Morris will be back relatively soon, and like they're just so good in like such a perfect fitting lineup that. Yeah, I was about to say they fit perfectly. Their bench still sucks though. That's oh, that's, it's that's so another, bad. They're, they, that's one thing that they've kind of failed as an organization to address their bench has just been terrible i remember they got brandon jennings i think was it last season the middle of last season i was supposed to fix it man (laughs) he was supposed to fix everything and and that guy's in where is he's in shanghai like yeah he's no be found so here's my thing with the wizards it's like you know you have this problem with your bench um but you like trade away all your picks all the time to like so you're not replenishing it that way and also you're throwing like Tim Frazier and Jody Meeks at the wall as your as your fixes, like and Mike Scott. Like, it's, yeah, it's like the, the Wizards love kind of. Uh, it's the Clippers' problem. With, it's with the same. Pro- yeah. Instead of draft picks, it's weird. It's the Clippers' problem of, of yeah, the Wizards. it is. 
Everyone likes to call the the Raptors Clippers East. I don't really think that comparison is all that good. I think I think the Rapp- Raptors are more like the Grizzlies of the past, like the like the great and grind Grizzlies. I think the Wizards and Clippers of the past had like some real sort of uh, sort parallel. of crossover, yeah, parallels. So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the you have to like you have to hope Bradley Beal stays healthy for another season, and like last year was the first time he actually did it. So. Uh, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it for two straight seasons, I suppose, with him. Um, yeah. I just they think got, the Wizards have a... Oubre, who I think is going to be a pretty solid player. Yeah, I just think they have a more solid infrastructure than what the Bucks do. But yeah, I, I totally take your point with Giannis and the MVP thing. Like, he's 17-2 to two right now uh, as an MVP odds for him to win it. And I think it's like 7th in the NBA. It's not, that's not a terrible value if you want to throw some money down on that. It really isn't. He's, yeah. To me, he's a top four to five MVP candidate. Also, the thing, too, is like a lot of the best players are with other stars. So, like, you got LeBron with, uh, I mean, LeBron's kind of on his own as like the, the star of that Curry team. And Durant. Yeah, Curry and Durant are together. You got like Paul George with Russell Westbrook now. So, I think they're probably going to cannibalize each other. If Even if George doesn't get votes, like, I think it'll be less likely that Russ gets a bunch of votes for carrying that team. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, the Celtics have no MVP candidates. <laughs> no, they don't. And like, you got Harden and Paul are going to eat each other's votes as well. I think so. Like, I'm trying to look for singular stars as like the guys that I think are going MVP. So that's why I have Kawhi, Giannis, and LeBron as like my three favorites. And if the Bucks can move up to like three or four, or like I don't know, go crazy and like flirt, flirt, with, flirt with a one seed, I don't know. That I think Giannis is probably the favorite at that point if they do that i think that means Giannis has done something incredible so um i'm not totally against your pick we both have the raptors third i think they're kind of in that same group as the wizards and bucks i think they're probably the better of those three teams how tempted were you to make one of those three teams the one seed um my one and two seeds almost locked in um i i was going back and forth between the celtics and Cavs, but um I, i i put the celtics i just think the Cavs are gonna they're gonna be in that three to six seed during uh, Isaiah Thomas's absence, and then they'll just slowly recover from then. They'll end up the two seed, and I think um, Derrick Rose is is actually gonna be pretty fitting. He looks pretty good so far, I guess. But you also have to take in with the Cavs. These guys are gonna be resting. Dwayne Wade's not thirty years old. He's not twenty five. Man's in his mid thirties. You have LeBron. Same thing. These guys are gonna be resting. So it's a pretty old team. I don't know. I feel like there's some real jilted LeBron potential this season um, where he just wants to go all out. And, like, the resting rules, I think we're going to see less guys rest. And I I don't know. Oh, I don't even think that's going to matter, to be honest. Maybe not. I I just – I think LeBron's going to be mad. They're going to be like, oh, LeBron uh, tweaked his big toe walking to the arena. Like, it's going to be so – like, there's there's no point of that rule, in my opinion, because guys are going to be out with – the weirdest injuries you've never heard of or maybe just a bunch of lower back soreness so yeah well my thing with both the Cavs and Celtics is that I expect them both kind of to coast like I don't think the Isaiah thing really matters to the Cavs seeding all that much like Isaiah might be the best player in the league that doesn't really impact his team's chances of winning like (laughs) I don't really see him being all that important in like a final series against the Warriors or like really raising the ceiling like he's good but I think the Cavs are good enough and I think LeBron's good enough that they're going to be just fine and win 50 plus games anyway but the reason I'm kind of looking at one of the Raptors or Wizards or maybe even the Bucks if everything breaks perfectly as the potential one seed is just because of the coasting factor and like the Celtics aren't going to coast because they're a bunch of tryhards but they have the thing where they have to work in 11 new guys and 
I'm, I think that's going to take time. I'm not sure who plays defense on that team. I'm not sure who rebounds on that team. I'm not sure who's going to play crunch time, crunch time for that team. And I think that's going to be a thing that they have to juggle, and it's going to take some time to figure out. And I think there will be flaws with that team. And I think the Raptors or Wizards in particular, teams with more continuity, might be able to take advantage of the early part of the schedule. I mean, the Raptors have a really brutal early part of the schedule, but if they can weather that and sort of you know be 500 coming out of that crazy six-game road trip they have at the start of the season, then maybe they can go on a bit of a run to make some separation. And then I'm not ruling out one of the Raptors or Wizards being the one seed. Um, yeah, I think the Celtics, I think I'm kind of – Celtics, Cavs, it's – Either or, to be honest. I have the only reason I have the Celtics above the Cavs, like I said before, I think the Cavs are going to rest a little bit more than the Celtics. And I think, honestly, Kyrie Irving is still emotional, emotional undercover <laughs> about this LeBron situation. I think he's going to want to stick it to LeBron to just lock down that number one seed. Um, I think these guys have won. Like, Gordon Hayward won a lot of games last year with the Utah Jazz. Kyrie Irving's been making the finals for the last three years, so they have a lot of winners on that team, guys who know how to win. And um, I watched their last preseason game, and and they look pretty damn good. Like there, there are some possessions where you were like, oh yeah, they, they kind of don't understand, you know, they don't have a feel for each other yet. But there are some possessions where it's like, how are you going to guard this team? How, like what are you going to do? You had Kyrie Irving drive. Kyrie Irving can drive past anybody in the league. Um, the help comes. Gordon Hayward's cutting. Horford's in the corner for a three, which he can hit. Um, and then you have all, all these other guys around. It's like, what, what do you do? Like, But uh, I think the Celtics, I think they're going to pull it out. I think Kyrie is going to make it a mission to finish on top of LeBron in the East. That's fair. Um, yeah. I was contemplating changing my standings once again <laughs> in that stupid 6 3. What you got to do, man? Do what you got to no, do. No, I, I got to. I got to. Just keep it the way it is. So our final things, uh, I have the Cavs 1, Celtics 2, Raptors 3, Wizards, Bucks, Heat, Sixers, Magic, Hornets, uh, with the Magic making the 8th seed, Pacers, Pistons, because I hate the Pistons, Knicks, Nets, Hawks, Bulls. Um, yep, and I got the Celtics 1, Cavs 2, I got the Raptors 3rd seed, Bucks in the 4th seed, Wizards 5, 6 Heat, 7 Sixers, 8 the Pistons, I got Hornets, Magic, Pacers, Nets at 12, Knicks at 13, and then the Hawks and the Bulls. All right. Uh, well, I'll post these. People can tell us who's more wrong. Probably me because I picked the Magic to make the playoffs. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. <laughs> I know people are going to be like, Bucks over Wizards. Yeah. I almost like, just wish we could, like, have the top two teams in the East get a bye because the 7 and 8 seeds are going to be ass. Yeah, they're going to be total trash. Like, I don't think the Sixers... If the Sixers make the playoffs, they're going to get obliterated in the playoffs. Yeah, I look, whoever makes that 17th seed is going to get destroyed. So I just put the Sixers in there for some, you know, well wishes versus the Cavaliers. Imagine seeing Ben Simmons and LeBron. Like, watching Ben Simmons and LeBron in the first round would be one of the most joyous things for me personally. But That would be good times. Um, so, Hall, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for staying a little longer than we were uh, originally planning on, but... I appreciate you taking the time. Where can people check out your work? Do you have anything to plug right now? Um, once again, from the last podcast, for anybody listening to the last one, I am working on a couple things with Raptors Republic. You guys could find me on Twitter at sabd28, S-A-B-D-I-28. Um, if you just want to hear me talk a whole lot of shit, I guess just come on. And, um, yeah, I'll probably roast you in the meantime. But uh, <laughs> find me on Twitter. I'm with Raptors Republic. That's about it. 
All right, man. Uh, you can follow me at Woodley Sean. Follow the show at Locked On Raptors. Uh, I'll have some Facebook lives and stuff coming up with Raptors HQ. Uh, I think I'll be covering the first preseason game. Oh no, I won't be. Not the first preseason game in Toronto. Uh, there's a chance I'll go. Probably not. This is Thanksgiving stuff. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's about it. We'll be back again on Tuesday because of Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm not going to do a show on Monday. And uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back again on Tuesday with more preseason questions. Next week, we're going to get into the Raptors roster power ranking. Going to rank the, the roster from 15 down to 1 over three shows. And then the last episode of the week, I'm hoping... I can get Sahal and Vivek on to do a little uh, Raptors prop bets, but we'll uh, we'll discuss that off air to line that up. Exciting. Uh, yeah. So thanks for so much for tuning in. Apologies for to the to the Pistons for me moving them down the standings so willy nilly. But God, I hate the Pistons. And uh, <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, cheers.